Welcome, Welcome to Art with Fiona Verity. Say it again. Fiona? No. Fiona Verity. And Julie Nicholson. Welcome to this week's episode of Art. We spoke to um, three artists, Penny Sadupin, Tim Rushby-Smith and Anne Richmond, the fourth um, Lady Leanne Waterhouse couldn't make it, unfortunately, on our Zoom call. Uh, they are all having an exhibition that they've put together <clears throat> down in Hazelhurst Gallery in the, on the South Coast. Um, and all of them are connected by their love of environmental preservation and conservation. And that's what their exhibition's about. So we had a great chat talking to them about the concepts for their work, coming back to an art career after other art, other careers um, and how they juggle kids and work and life and still manage to create. So it's really inspiring, I think, for um, us and for hopefully listeners to hear about people and putting on a show, which was great, and we had a lovely chat with them all. So thank you and good luck, guys, down at Hazelhurst. Um, we'll put some links and stuff in the show notes enjoy bye leanne, leanne sends her hellos and her apologies she's actually um she's on a work assignment today for bundan on trust she and another member of staff had to go up to the tweed regional gallery to transport well to be with the transport that were moving the arthur boyd current traveling exhibition from the tweed regional gallery to blue mountains Oh. So they're on a road trip and they're Oh jealous. I love road trips. <laughs> do, do you all do something with the Bundan on Trust? I don't. Oh, well, yeah, I do. do. You do. What do you do with that? Um, I um I started working there now two years ago, but it feels like a year because COVID hit. I, I managed that they open on Sundays and Saturdays sometimes at the homestead, and I just run that um hopefully you know when it, the big massive galleries built we'll sort of get more permanent work there it's quite exciting actually they're making um building the art museum oh, so yes. yeah that's, <laughs> that's where we that's where we'll be working <laughs> hopefully so how far away does that is bundled on from where you guys are um half an hour on the new road and then 20 minutes down a really long dirt road, which is amazing because I've got a Suzuki Swift and it's rattles now. But it's sort of... Um, yeah, you do. The whole car rattles now. So the road takes the longest... It's the longest part. It's not sealed. So you encounter all sorts of stuff. It's quite nice, actually, going to work where kangaroos go in front of your yeah. car and um, there's potholes and... Yeah, we've never been. I'd love to go because... Yeah. Um, we interviewed James McGrath recently, who we had no idea before we sort of did some research who the hell he was. And then he's like, oh, yeah, my mum used to own that. And I'm like, oh, really? And he's I like, yeah. I sent that podcast on to the, um, the whole team and everyone's listened to it and they all thought it was amazing and heard oh, bless. Yeah, it's all about the stories, you know, and yeah. whose version of events is really true. Well, you don't know until you've heard the same story. Absolutely. And then... And then um this week we interviewed Finn McGrath yeah, who awesome. is James's son and it was great to talk to him about his version of his father's events 
It's like proper Chinese whispers. I just think um, the McGrath, Sandra must have been amazingly, I don't know, out there to have bought that place. It was super remote, like in the 60s when they first bought it, and it was a very basic ramshackle building. But um, yeah. They would have had to get the boat there. It probably would be easier to get to work by boat, to, to be honest. <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. On a river. Yeah, yeah, on the Tolhaven River. And actually, yeah. you... Um, there is going to be a new war, so you, apparently you will be able to get to um, Riversdale. There's actually two sites, there's two properties, and um, you'll get, be able to go from North Nara um, down the river. Um, so it's like going to be like the Mona of the. Yeah, I was about to say it'll be like Mona. You'll be able to sit on a sheep and arrive. I'd love that. Again, the journey was the best bit. The pre's always the best bit. I enjoyed the journey to Mona more than Mona. Mona, sorry, Mona. Not Mona. I wish I could go to New York. I love the whole thing. So explain to our listeners, you trio of trouble, plus one who's not with us, how did you guys come together for your interconnected? How, what is the connection between the okay. you, you three people? How far back do you want to go? I'll, I'll explain because... Oh, I, you want to... Oh, come on, Tim. Some, we want some... We want juice. gossip. Give us the dirt. Well, there is interconnection between us um, because, as you may have worked out, um, Tim's my partner, husband. Um, and um, But I've actually known Anne longer than Tim. Anne and I met at, um, at COFA when we turned up for our Bachelor of Fine Art in... Oh, excuse me, that was the dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yes, Penny, we all say oh, that was the dog. Oh, <laughs> it's under the desk. Anyway, sorry. Rewind, please. Um, yeah, we met when we turned up to do our fine art, Bachelor of Fine Art at Copa in 1992. So, um, oh, my God. Yeah, which is nearly 30 years ago, Anne. I know. Yeah. Oh, that's so gorgeous. So you saw each other and thought, I'm going to be your friend. Yeah. Something like that. Well, yeah, that's right. In fact, at, we actually at, at the regional art camp in year 11, but um, I'm, I I thought that Anne looked really cool, but she was so busy being cool. I was not. <laughs> but I it's all coming out now, Anne. It's all coming out now, Anne. You were too cool for school. I, I get know, a lot of that. Do you know what happened at that camp? That was the first time I used oil paint and I was using green and I didn't know it wasn't able to come off. So I walked around with a green face. Like, how is that cool? <laughs> you obviously wore it with confidence, Sam. Exactly. I just look really sick the whole time. Maybe I look really sort of sad. Yeah. I don't know. It was like a wash. It was all over. It was amazing. Bless I've always you. been a bit of a grotty painter though. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, let's start with Penny. So you're involved in a lot of um, projects concerning like preserving the environment in your local area. So can you tell us about some of these, what you've been doing? I think um, the, probably the easiest way to explain it is that environment just is the starting point for all of my work. So, um, and I guess con connecting really deeply to place. Um, so I lived in the UK um, where I met Tim for 17 years and I think I became very attached to the local. Um, we live near the um, Lee Valley 
in East London and the, the, going over to the marshes there gave me the opportunity to have a sense of space and wildness and it was wild meets urban in, ex-industrial or you know just the natural world taking over again as it does and um, I think that's I, I don't know I've just grown up in a family with a strong kind of eco-consciousness I suppose and mm. it just yeah it's just what I love to do I love to connect kids to um, knowledge about the natural world and so I've done a lot of work in schools and um, whether it's or we've done some art workshops on the beach getting kids to literally be making you know very kind of um, ephemeral art on the beach um, and at the moment I'm starting to do I'm actually doing a master of teaching um, because oh, amazing. I picked up along the way as an actual teaching qualification so whether I'm working at Bundanon in the education team or a local high school, um, you know, I just want to keep going with that side of my practice as well, you know, which is yeah. collaborative, I suppose, collaborating with other people and how they feel about, you know, how to connect and share those experiences in the environment. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were saying how um, powerful it is to have, it was called Aesthetica or something, and how images can really make people change their ways or it can be so powerful, you know, images of the environment, what's lost, what was, what is, can be so powerful for people. So I think it's really important that artists are, are doing that in their work because mm. it is a really powerful medium. That's really quite reassuring, actually, because sometimes you wonder, why do I keep making all this difficult stuff that you know who wants to really look at it or whatever um it's hard to sell and all of those yeah. kind of things yeah, yeah 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 but then interestingly when we spoke to tony messiah mm -hmm. who she's says over and over again it's got to be for the love of making that's and it's easy, you know everyone can say oh well, that's easy to say you know remove the commerciality but if you keep bringing it back to you're in love with your making and your you're proud of what you're doing and you want to keep pushing then then you then you can you can you can keep achieving what you want to achieve and not worry about whether it sells mm. well yeah I would say that's probably a common theme with all of us really is yeah. not being really much you know why do you think that is though do you think it's because the environment is such a big thing environmental issues are not kind of um, they're, they're difficult to get your head around or what is it? Well, I guess with that slightly sarcastic comment, I was actually thinking more about just about our practices about actually just being artists with our own motivation to make work. Like yeah. we're, not, we're not artists who are showing in, we don't have relationships with galleries. We don't have that kind of career, but you know, 30 years on, we're still making, from art school that is, we're still making art, we're still plugging away. Exactly. And that's the view that I thought was potentially interesting or different. Um, there are lots of different ways of being an artist and um, yeah. not uh, all of them are full-time um, going down that road of commercial. Yeah, and it's what you, what you see as success, Penny. It's like, what is, to me, it is so much more powerful to hear you saying that. You guys met 30 years ago when you were, you know, excitable art students and you're still turning up, you're still making, you're about to exhibit in a regional gallery together. That, that to me is more inspiring 
than talking to somebody who's making hundreds of thousands on each painting. Well, and we can so shut the we can shut the lid now. You've inspired me. Both. <laughs> yeah, that would be a nice goal. All right. Well, well we, we, was... we did speak to a lady in America the other day, and she said yeah. this beautiful thing because Fiona yes. said, "Oh, what what do you think success is?" And she said, um, "When you're at peace with yourself, as in like when you're at peace with what you're making. So you're obviously really into what you're trying to." Um, convey about the environment which is really important and I think if you're at peace with that then that is success. I'd go even further I, I, I think that success is actually the act of making anything whether you love it or hate it or yeah. frustrating. it's all about the process for me yeah that's the thing that, that draws me back and that process might actually be how sort of your art practice affects the way that you think about the things that you're thinking about now that might yeah. be direct literal response to a particular topic or it might be that there's all kinds of other thoughts in your head that are sort of rolling around mm. come out in a conscious or subconscious way but for me it's all about the process and I, I was very lucky quite quite early on that I, I I went to Chelsea School of Art but I didn't do a lot of painting there and Ooh. it was after that and I was working as a telephone engineer and I got myself a studio <laughs> I think that was a lie. Whose dog's that now? That's Anne's. That's oh. Anne's. Oh, oh Anne. I love it. Don't worry, Anne. Come on, Anne. Were you a BT man? I was, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's so exciting. <laughs> I love it. During my spare time, and I used to say I worked, because it was four days a week, so I could carry on my art practice and have a studio. I had a studio down in Cable Street on the Thames, and I was really lucky. I met uh, an artist there called Doug Moore, who sadly I lost touch with and haven't been able to find him since. And he taught me how to paint because he he came from a very his approach was very disciplined and, and actually quite traditional in terms of the media that he used but also the way that he started by mixing all these colors from a warm and a cold of the three primary colors and just all of his focus was on the accuracy of the colors that you mix yeah. and that's really influential for me but the main thing that he said that always stuck with me is he said that paintings are like molehills and that actually the mole is already further on down the field and the painting is is a sort of snapshot of where they were at that moment, and, and I really put that to heart because then it's a for me it's a nice way of actually thinking about the work you produce, but also then putting a distance between the work that you have produced and and moving on rather than becoming fixated and feeling like you have to keep doing the same thing again and again. So my work's sort of changed over the years in terms of different media, but I don't feel like I have to pursue a particular discipline. I just feel like that's just that's the molehill that, that happens to be popular. Oh, I like that, Tim. Molehills. I love moles. <laughs> I you think they're a very undervalued an animal. Piles of soil in, the, in a gallery one day. To see. Yes, it. do. <laughs> Why not? Well, that's true because I think the painting sort of should be ahead of you in a way. I think, you know, yeah. you, and that's right, you've got to keep going on. That The molehill never ends and it shouldn't. No. Oh, we're saying God. When's that? Anne's I'm loving it. Anne. Anne is in, she's out, the dog's off. The dog, <laughs> I'm loving this. Um, so, Penny, you also were a garden designer yes. in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I'm still Very doing cool. that because I'm desperate for one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you know, I went over there as a 22 year old backpacker, and um, a few years in, I realized that I was still working in, you know, I'd bumped along through various bar jobs and then retail jobs. and. I found myself working in a really cool art supplies shop in Shoreditch where all of the YBAs were 
going mm. shopping, like it was awesome. You could have a chat with Rachel Whiteread about, you know, oh. what she was going to use next. Amazing. But, um, I realised that I was just going to spend all of my money, all of my pay packet, you know, in the shop yeah. <laughs> at a tally where you could just, you know, take up materials and then they'd give you like 15 pounds at the end of the week because yeah. you <laughs> home in canvas and whatever I think I'm still getting through art materials from that time but I just thought I can't do that forever and my other big love is gardening and I thought that it sounds probably a bit weird but I thought I wouldn't survive the British climate unless you know that thing of getting up in the dark to go to work and you come home in the dark and you're in an office or an interior space all day I just I just had to be outside so, yeah, kills um, me. Oh that my was, god, I just... that was a good outlet for a while. And Tim, um, Tim came and joined me in that venture for a while. But then, as you can see, Tim. Well, your listeners can't see, but Tim's a person in a wheelchair because sadly he fell out of a tree. Surgeon. I was a tree surgeon. So I trained as a tree surgeon uh, to bring additional skills to the garden design business. So by then, I'd left BT. But I, I loved climbing poles and broadcast masts and things like that. So, and I used to climb when I was younger. So it seemed like a logical um, sort of skill to bring. And then I had an accident and I fell out of a tree. So when Penny wow. so um, yeah, it was all very dramatic. So oh, yeah. I, I, it was time to kind of pivot away from that career. Are you, are you, do you do journalism? Yeah, so I wrote a book after I had my accident. Uh, yeah. Was published in two thousand and eight, and then I started writing for various people and did a stint as a columnist for the Times, writing about life as a wheelchair parent, and then just sort of went on from there. Um, so that's the, you know, we all have that tension between art practice and earning a living. Yes. Uh, in in some ways, I've been quite fortunate in that I quite enjoy the earning a living side of it as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I, but I am torn because. Unless you actually get yourself organised, and, and and unless you're lucky to have someone to give you a kick up the backside, is that the art doesn't demand on your time in the same way. You don't have the same sort of deadlines and the same short-term, week-to-week focus until and, you book in a show. Until you book in a show, <laughs> yeah, that's then, right. Oh, shit, I better get on with it. You know exactly. Well, a show definitely gives you that focus, doesn't it? So, how did you guys go about um, pulling this show together? Did you put the proposal? together and then um pitch it to the gallery or did you did you know you wanted to be at the Hazelhurst um no I didn't necessarily know I want we wanted to be at the Hazelhurst although I've you know been going there for a while and think it's a great space um but I think you know you just we've showed in a few places down on the south coast but it's relatively limited and obviously the audience is a bit limited although most of Sydney seems to come down here on the weekend now yeah um <laughs> Yes. But um, I think it was just a chance to show somewhere different. And I think, you know, they, they really do things very professionally. It looks great. Mm. Um, and they had an expression of interest. I think I saw it on Narva, um, you know, or one of those websites. And I put the feelers out for a few other artists because um, I just thought it would be a great opportunity to get us all together Um to yeah to address that theme and um and they accepted the proposal the really interesting thing is that it was in august 2019 <laughs> that we actually put the proposal together wow and it wasn't we didn't hear that we got it until december i don't think it seemed to take forever um 
but then the bushfires happened, yeah. the terrible summer happened. And that sort of then shifted the whole kind of, um, like my original idea was let's all look at the sort of threatened ecological communities because I think that that's something that a lot of people aren't really very aware of. In, in Australia, we just talk about the bush. Mm. And um, my sort of uh, passion, I suppose, is trying to get people to see that there are different types of bush mm. uh, <clears throat> depending on all these different factors that come together and that some of them are really quite precious and pressured, you know, and they always end up being those little strips on the edge, like up in the escarpment where everyone wants to go mountain biking or, you know, whatever it is, you know, um, and it puts a lot of pressure on those quite important. Von um, they, and they and vulnerable parts of, are. that are under threat, I guess, and we're, we're not conscious of them. No, and that's just because, you know, there's just so much going on and, most people aren't seeing that level of detail. Anyway. Yeah, it's especially, I mean, I was in Sydney before I moved down here about three years ago. And it's, it's yeah, you, you sort of, you know that Sydney's not overpopulated, but when you come down here and you see the actual expanse of, you know, you wherever you go, you have to drive an hour to get anywhere. And it's just all sorts of, it's just yeah. and after the bushfires it was quite jarring it made it seem even bigger to me the the vast expanses because of the you could see further because there were no trees left it was it's quite devastating um penny and leanne uh, organized a walk that we went on uh into one of the areas that was quite devastated up near kangaroo valley and it just it seemed bigger to me um and you, you sort of, yeah, you do feel really insignificant next to that. Mm. And you feel insignificant uh, as a human who is walking through something that happened that is a natural occurrence, even though it's not possibly. But, you know, the enormity of what went on with the bushfires, you just feel completely powerless. Yeah, I think it's yeah. also, you know, I mean, in the, the fires last year, or the year before, mm -hmm. Uh, it was also unprecedented because areas burned that, that have never burned before. So yeah. rainforest burning and so on, that's a, that's a very different yeah. impact. And I think the, 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 the feeling of people wanting to live in these sort of bush, bushy environments is, puts a, a real pressure on because people only see what's immediately outside of their window and that actually what's happening is the bush is being carved up into smaller and smaller chunks, which mm -hmm. becomes unsustainable because the species whether they're plant or animal species within those areas can't have a, it can't communicate directly with the other areas. So on paper, it might look like you have X amount of thousand hectares of literal rainforest or whatever, but but actually, if it's just been carved up into smaller and smaller pieces, that's not sustainable. That won't that won't survive long term. No, no. It always seems more regular. I think it's not surprising anymore the events that we're seeing. And that's really upsetting to me. <laughs> I agree with you, Anne. Um, I think nowadays you get, you you know, you start to think the world has become like a crazy movie that you could never think would it happen. It should be more shocking than, I mean, it is shocking, but I think uh, uh, aspect, I think it's been sort of, we've been sort of dumbed to it because it's happening more regularly and quite, and more severely. 
and not just bushfire. I just think witnessing, especially living down here, you can see the impact of what's going on quite clearly, like the, the yeah. erosion on the beaches, um, things like that. It's it's a bit more visually sort of alarming, but yeah, you, you, you do, I think people can't become used to it. Mm. I think they also film an, uh, it's an overwhelming sort of sense of helplessness because it's so overwhelming and so huge uh, an issue that it's almost like you shut down to it because you don't know what to do. But mm. your, your exhibition, your exhibition as a yes. interconnected, uh, it, all of you have touched on this subject. You're obviously passionate about it. Um, and uh, Tim, your work, you're using, I thought it was really clever, you're using real estate signage. Yeah. Um, to paint on, which is sort of that thing about overpopulation of housing and destruction of habitat. So, so how did you come across using that? Well, I'm not even I'm not even using it to paint on. That would be far too easy. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I when I, I I find myself sometimes realizing retrospectively that there is a, a connection between my original thought and the work that I end up producing. And for me, the, it was that notion of fragmentation of these ecosystems being carved up into smaller and smaller pieces. And I got access to these vinyl real estate signs because I have a friend who's a sign maker. And, um, and I just started cutting them up. So I'm actually using them to make collages of oh. endangered animals that, are, that have been, uh, that are under threat because of the way that we are not sort of, uh, we don't respond in, a, in sufficiently well to, to actually protecting these ecosystems. So, um, so clever. yeah. Clever, Tim. I like that, you, you know, good message. Yeah. I don't know about all the acetone glue. I don't know what that's doing to me, but uh. <laughs> you probably feel great, Tim. Don't worry. Exactly. Enjoy, enjoy the process. <laughs> again, it is. It's all about the process, not about sniffing the glue, but the rest of the process. And it is, about, yeah, finding a way that you can draw a correlation or, or, a, or a, you know, a connection between, um, you know, whatever your first thought is and the work that you end up producing. That there is some kind of coherent thought that runs through it which you know it might be a personal thing it might be quite literal and in mm. my case obviously talking about fragmentation by cut, cutting things up into fragments and reassembling them is obviously quite literal though that wasn't the reason i did it it just yeah. that way so how do you guys go about working your um practice into your because you're you know you're together partnership um yeah. with family and studying penny sounds like you've got a very full plate Spinning yeah. lots of plates. Very full plate. <laughs> Look, I, um, it just has to fit in. And that is a difficult thing at the moment, knowing that after this show, I am pretty much probably packing up and not doing doing anything much um, until maybe, maybe the July holidays, which is a good chunk, um, or maybe the end of the year um, yeah. when uni's finished. But it, it is a finite, that commitment to my study is a finite thing. Yeah, um, and I just know based on the last thirty years that it is something I just pick up when I can. And you know, I've got two kids. It just comes and goes, and there's time for it at times, and then at other times, there just isn't. And I think I'm a bit self-defeating. Like if I'm not one of those, I always feel really envious of those mums. And you've interviewed a few who are literally painting with the baby there and just getting on with it. Um, I'm a bit more kind of tunnel vision and. Um, 
I found it quite hard to, it's a, a bit all or nothing. So yeah. I have time for it. So I spent quite a lot of time in the summer holidays. And then I've had this magic month of February when the kids finally went back to school. Mm. And um, I just went out on, you know, little field trips and just, just worked quite hard. Yeah. Um, and I just know that I can do that and I can make that work. It is a bit frustrating, but that's the that's the flow of it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. you've just got to make time when you can and, and you, you've just got to um, let everything else flow with it. Like you can't... And yeah, there's no one, one way of doing it, is there? You know, some artists need to do something every day. Some, like yourself, need to do it when it's going to work and not, you know, and not give yourself a hard time, whichever, whichever journey you take. I do hope that one at one point in my life I'll get to this where that's what I can just do, but that's not now. I don't even have kids and I find it hard to make the time for it. <laughs> it's sort of, I don't think you can just turn it on though. I, no, I, you I, can't, I, right, you're right. But how, so how does your practice work, Anne? Do you have a routine or? Uh, no, I, I tend to work really early in the morning. That's about the only routine I have because I like when it's dark. Um, but if I spend a day doing it, I'll spend a whole day in the studio and I'll just be completely grot by the end of it, grotty. I, I love just being able to spend sort of as many hours as I can just playing with pain. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's never really, a, yeah, there's <laughs> never really an outcome in, or there's sometimes an out, you know, you can sort of, you, you're thinking of what you're doing, but. I can't, I'm a bit more experimental in my process. I, it's a long process and I'll get to that process over a long time. I'm not a quick painter. Mm. So, you know, there are a lot of mistakes and then you get to the end, you go, hmm. Um, yeah, it's- So it's, the ins what's the inspiration for your artwork you've made yeah. for the exhibition and how have you made it? Um, well, I started painting for it when, <laughs> How many years ago now for this exhibition? I was sort of referencing scribbly scribbles on the trees in the yeah. eclipse forests. And, um, you know, they're, they're extraordinary places to visit. And I just loved that these little moths spent so much time putting marks on trees. And then after the bushfires, I, I run on the beach here and basically all the scribbly gum trees had washed up on the beach and they were black. So it was like, well, that's really sad. <laughs> um, but it was sort of, well, I'd been looking at them alive and then they were washed up on the beach on Werry Beach. And they were just, it was just, there was so much of it. Um, the blackened trees, like entire trees with the root and everything had just um, washed up from wherever they came from. So I kind of, it's sort of a, an exercise in opposites really. Mm. Um, it was just strange that I started painting before and then after it was so drastic that you kind of, you have to respond to what you see now. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, so I sort of went, reversed all of the different colours and everything and I thought, well, you know, it's the same thing but it's completely different. It's been transformed. Yeah, um, I can see it like the work behind you. Behind I can you, see yeah. that sort of... Um, Oh. Of the, the black and the white. Oh, the black. I was going to say that's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with it. I just went in here to get, get away from the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did have a work online. Like yeah, I, I, beautiful. Yeah, gorgeous. Really so what materials are you using to make them? Um, 
I use, I, I, I haven't painted for 15 years. Where have you been, Anne? Yeah, what have you been doing? I Anne? know, I know. I've been <laughs> working, um, being a crazy 30-year-old going, like, I just didn't concentrate on art. And it's always, and you get to it, I mean, I, you get to an age where you're like, well, that's actually what I love. Um, my, pro I, my process is I, I work on, a, on board and I've been experimenting with wax, every medium you can think of. Um, and my process is basically layering and making marks. It's, I, I'm not a traditional sort of, I don't use paint traditionally. Right. Um, you sound so like my kind of girl, Anne. When you're yeah, I don't, I don't paint things. I can't, I don't have that. Like if you said paint a tree, I think I'd probably have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Paint a dead tree and you're all over it. Yeah, yeah it's dead and in bits, great. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I can't actually focus on reality in my work. I can't, I'm not a realist painter at all um, and never will be. No, nor should you be. <laughs> own it, Anne, own it. Own it. But when it. you say you're working with wax, like what are you doing yeah. with the wax? Um, well, I've experimented with encaustic, so that's cooking up big oh, slabs yeah. of wax and mixing oil in it, and you burn it on, then you blow it with a hot. Get the power, you get that, that, like the creme brulee thing. Oh, that's not wax, that's paint. Blowtorch. Blowtorch, yeah. Blowtorch, yeah, blowtorch. Where did I get it? No, no, that's what you use, isn't it? A blowtorch. Yeah, a blowtorch, and then. Uh, you just let it dry and then scrape it and rub it and it comes up with all these different sort of um different surfaces it's a lot of fun and it's really smelly and great and um <laughs> when it's 40 degrees in summer it's really hot but you can make amazing sort of surfaces with it and then you scratch away um then you put the paint on you can put yeah you can paint over it yeah and then you oh, and then you can put the paint in the crevices. You yeah, you yeah, up, don't you? And burn it, and it's yeah, and you boil it like liquid, and then paint it on. And you can also the I mean, then I found another medium I really like. It's just a wax medium, which is uh, it's not solid. So you paint that on, let it dry, and you rub it away, and it comes up with this sort of uh, really nice shiny veneer. Ooh. Um, and you mix yeah. that paint. Don't you paint yes. it on at the end? Do you paint? Yeah. Or you just keep using it until you, <laughs> with different colours, let it dry, rub it off. Oh. I don't know how many times I've rubbed entire paintings off without even knowing it. And then you go, hmm. Um, That's what Fiona does with her sander. That's what Always I do. Yeah, I, I have a sander I too. I love my sander, honestly. I... I've got a sander and all I do is sandpaper off everything and I go, that's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a lot of painting and then a lot of removing yeah I think Anne and I are sisters from different misters <laughs> yeah you do work in very similar ways but I wouldn't let Fiona anywhere near a blowtorch that's my only <laughs> disaster I so think at art school I used a blowtorch with a, a flame and I made a fire painting <laughs> oh that see you come awesome. full circle yeah yeah <laughs> I can see it now, Penny. Performance piece. Yeah. Anne's going to set fire, fire. That's what she says I do. I light the fires and she puts them out. Well, I do. Yeah. 
if I should come over and rescue any artworks because were there going to be any left for the show? Because like, no. they're gone again. It's like, okay. But no. And what about your work, Penny? So your beautiful um, paintings, I was looking at online. I really love them. Yeah. So you're, are you working directly on board? Yes, I'm working on board too. Um, and I've been basically going out on these little field trips to different threatened ecological communities in the Illawarra. And I usually try and grab someone who's more knowledgeable than myself about them. So I've had different officers from the you know, New South Wales Environment and Heritage or different people I know through land care and things like that come and you know talk to me. And I usually take a concertina kind of paper book with me that I just take notes and do some drawing. Um, and then I've gone back to those places and I've tried to do one painting for each ecological community. Um, and I think all of them, except the one I started um, on the site and then usually returned and finished it in the studio, um, just because I always find that you're just up against so many different things working out in the field. Yeah. Not only just the time available, but, um, like the mosquitoes have been terrible this year and most of these <laughs> environments are, Honestly, like you know, yeah, I've heard that. Just mental, just. Oh, why are the mozzies so bad? Is it because it's been so wet? Because it's, it's wet. a hell yeah. Everything has just responded in this overabundance, hasn't it? There's been yeah. sex. The birds have been really happy. There's been crazy cicadas. There's and mice. Amazing. <laughs> nature do that, you know. Yeah. Compared to last year, so. Yes, yes, it has been very, very different. But yeah, you're very right. With um, you're you're fighting the elements when you're outside. You the, you've got the heat. You've got you got wind. Wind is the worst. I think I can cope with everything else, but the bloody wind. Then your paper's off. And like last year, <laughs> I didn't even go out because it was smoky. The national yeah. parks were closed. It was you know a billion degrees. It, it's just very un you know unhospitable. Um, yeah. And look, I, I know of the Hazelhurst Gallery. Um, it's got a really good name as yeah. a regional gallery. Like, is it, how important is it for, for your region to have something like that down there? Oh, uh, look, we're, we're, there are, so as well as Hazelhurst, so then there's the Wollongong Regional Art Gallery, which is also a fantastic gallery. And then there's the Shoalhaven Regional Art Gallery, which is also, you know, brilliant. Mm. Um, they just, you know, have different levels of amount of space and, um, but they're all working really hard for their local artists, I think, and there's yeah. always opportunities within those um, institutions. So the room that we're showing in is actually, um, they've got the main space at Hazelhurst where they put on touring exhibitions or they've just had an HSC exhibition um, on at the moment, I think. Um, but we are actually showing in a side gallery um, that you walk through as you come in. Um, they have fantastic workshop spaces there as well and have a really good range of public art workshops. So it, um, so it is like the sort of the higher space um, yeah. that we're accessing, but it is only, you have to put in a proposal. Um, so it is, I suppose they are- Selective. Rating, selecting, yeah, um, yeah. A, a year's program. So what is on for the future for you guys? Let's start with Anne. What, what, what are you going to do in regards to your artwork? Well, I, I've made a decision personally to keep going. So Great. I, considering I had such a long break and then sort of got to a point over two years where I actually enjoy what I do again. I mean, you know, it's, it's enjoyable until it's not. You kind of go, oh, <laughs> you know, 
I enjoy. I think enjoying painting is a really weird thing to say. <laughs> I know, but it, I don't, it well, I think you enjoy parts of it, and there's always a yeah. struggle. But you're never going to enjoy it if there wasn't a struggle. No, hmm. I know. There's that. So I'm just going to keep going. There's no stop stopping. I think I, I I'm happy that with Penny and Tim and Leanne's support that I've managed to get myself into an exhibition for the first time in a very long time. Yeah. And I, that's my first hurdle. And then we'll see how that goes. And then regardless of that, I'm just going to keep keep plodding away, I think. Yeah, um, so you, you've got yourselves uh, an art community with the four of you. I mean, yeah. a lot of artists just are on their own and you've really got to get out there, talk to people, do it with your friends, because that's A, half the fun of it and B, how you're going to carry on. Yeah. Like one That's of the things great. that I found really enjoyable about this process is the four of us getting together and looking at each other's work and yeah. actually, you know that's and and talking about it and that, and it's it's a really obvious thing but actually you know when does one really get to do that especially if you're if all you're doing is is working and then showing and then all you have is the response in a in a in a gallery context and your friends and you know, and you've got to deduce what they mean by, mm, that's really interesting. Like what you were saying um, in the podcast with um, Tony um, about, you know, criticism. I think I just listened to that one driving to Wollongong the other day. Um, yeah, you're not going to get that honest, really honest. Interesting. Response. I love that, Tim. Critical. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Laura James coming might. out now. <laughs> well, it's yeah. funny, like when you leave art school, that it's a bit of a chasm of where is the criticism coming from you have to be so self-reflective yeah and even mm. that's hard like to really like the the best painting you think it yeah. would go in the exhibition never would sells. not be the best painting that someone no. else i also remember when i was in london having left art school and, and was you know carrying on my own practice pretty much in isolation and then i decided to to, to do a life drawing class and, and the first day that I was in life drawing class and I was drawing and, and the, the guy who was running a class came over and started, started looking at my work and sort of pointing at things. And I, I, my first thought was like, who are you? Like, I, <laughs> why, should I, why should I, you know, it's really strange, but I, I really bristled and I realised that actually that process of, of having that backwards and forwards exchange about your work and, and being sort of comfortable to be able to say, well, if I don't agree with you, I don't have to take it on board anyway, but then I'm actually open for that discussion. And that is such an interesting thing, Tim, and I don't take this the wrong way, but it's often a male thing. So I find when I'm <laughs> teaching, no, seriously, I yeah. often have one bloke and I'll have 10 ladies in my group and it's never a defensive or a negative thing, but the, the, the men will be like, hmm, yeah, that's, that's, that's us men you see we all generalize um, <laughs> uh, um the main uh, i think you're probably right i think there is a, there's a different kind of dynamic there i, I in in my defense <laughs> you can you can defend yourself because you're outnumbered <laughs> it, it was in it, the context was that i hadn't discussed my work with anyone for years yeah so i hadn't been in that kind of space since i was at art school and and the medium that I was working in away from, in that intervening period, was predominantly oils, which I hadn't really done a great deal of when I was at art school anyway. So I felt yeah. very kind of self-taught and self-reflective and 
felt like I'd had to generate it all myself. So, yeah. so I think that was what I, in, on some level, I was kind of defending. And it, it and, and I was, I recognized it in myself and, and I, I did have to have a bit of a word for myself. And sort of but, yeah. but there's also, there's no right and wrong, which I think is so important. It's like, you know, Anne and I have proven that with our ability to sand the crap out of something. <laughs> And yeah. we think that that's good, you know. There's no, who says that you can't put that material with that material? Yeah, but that's not criticism. That's that's just that's just saying there's rules, which yeah. is not. That's different but, than being um As long as it sticks to the board and doesn't fall off while it's on the wall, you're doing okay. Because I've had that happen with some experiments. Like, well, that's not going to work. It just all fell off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as there's an archivally sound... Mm. You, I mean, you can experiment and experiment, but if you know it's going to just crack and fall off. Well, you've got to, you've got, yeah, and you're not going to be able to sell but that's that. different than... No, no, that's, no, no, absolutely. But at the same time, it's like, okay, there's rules of perspective. There's rules of um, how to put a picture together. But... Well, you can break the rules exactly. for sure, but you can still break the rules and then then have a good critical think about how you're going to move forward. And I think that's what the um, if you're not prepared to defend what you're trying to say, I think, or or realize that someone might be right and that you you can mm. move in a different direction or or like we said to Tony, how do you know whether it's shit or not? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's. Um, jump in with um I, I just like to speak a bit for Leanne because I know that I was going to say yeah yes. poor Leanne, poor Leanne. We've, we've, got for we've got questions we've got questions who's not in the room um I think she's been I, very quiet it was fantastic to meet Leanne working on the education team at Bundanon because um look I can't give her whole history but she did do um a, a master of art in or fine art in Melbourne and she came out of that with a really solid um, critical practice, you know, involving a core group of artists who she still gets together with. And I, she actually invited me to come to the final day of um, one of the weeks. They actually hosted it at, at Bundanon a couple of years ago. And I just thought it was so amazing that she was still gathering this group of um, artists together. Uh, um, and it was all just about showing each other work. And they had this whole procedure for criticism criticism um and it was i don't know it did take me right back to art school but some of those crits were a bit brutal as mm. well when we were at art school i don't know like there was a lot of ego i think from the mm. yeah we, yeah, yeah. Um, we had those um lovely um male artists from australian who's who i remember one of them said to me once oh you're in the too hard basket today <laughs> oh. <laughs> um yeah <laughs> Um, so I guess I, I saw an opportunity to, to bring a group of people together because it's very hard working in your garage, isn't it? With no, um, yeah, definitely. What, Penny, what did they, what was part of that in, um, what was the format for the critique then? Is it sort of, oh, so I think, well, the way we did it or the way that Leanne's group was doing it. Well, Leanne's, yeah, Leanne's, which one, whichever you'd like to share. So, well, they were, I think, you know, I could get this all wrong, but I believe they were making work there um, as a, you know, going through their own processes. And then they were coming together and the group was actually um, speaking together about the artist's work, but the artist themselves was not allowed to say anything for the first 20 minutes or something. Mm. And then they... do that. 
I and then they were able to then come back in. I mean, they were there in the room, I think, um, but then they were, were brought back into the process. And it was just really, it was very constructive and supportive, but um, yeah, it's very successful, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that we got to that quite that same level of, I think we were, you know, we we're very supportive of each other. Oh yeah, your work looks great. Yeah, it looks yeah. great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, I think it's really important to whatever level you're at is to get your work on a wall outside your house yes. that other people look at because yeah. I found when I started doing that and putting it on a wall, it was like the scales fell from my eyes and I was like, oh, it was either I was like, in, liked it or was like, what the hell have I been doing? And I visually busy it is in here. I mean, it's a crazy place to make art in. There's not one single white wall. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing all the work together in, you know, in the white, in the white yeah. box. In the white box, um, yes. And seeing, and I really hope that we can have some conversations that take it a little bit further. You know, what are we going to do? Some about? video, yeah. do lots of video, because um, I think that'll be good moving forwards for you as well to reflect back and, you know, yeah have have these discussions we have lots of friends and family in the uk i'm also thinking about how we can share the work with people over there as well which is it does then make you reflect and and yeah coming back to that molehill analogy i think that's the other thing is that once you stick it in a in a, an exhibition space you suddenly you know you come out of the tunnel and you're out in the fresh air and you look at it and go oh that's what i made mm. and yeah totally definitely necessarily have to be an emotionally uh, draining or difficult process that that might be uh, you know regardless of whether you feel positively or negatively about it I think it's an interesting point of reflection and then you can get back down in the tunnel again absolutely and also to start really? conversations and um, important conversations about the subject matter you know it's a very serious and it's a subject matter that you guys are dealing with and it's something that we all need to be aware of mm. and all need to be um, responsible of. Yeah. If, if we all d did something, we'd make a difference. Well, and also if, if it's only coming from, you know, facts and figures from the government, it doesn't, it's not always going to get through, but the, the many different ways that, you know, can, it can be shown makes a big difference, I think. Yeah. yeah especially the way that young people respond as well. And, you yeah. know, we were talking earlier when you were talking about the impact that a, that a work can have and, and make people, you know, can stimulate people to think. I think particularly, uh, you know, kids and, 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 and young people, I think, respond very sort of instinctively and yeah. emotionally to that visual stimulus. And that can be the, the start of a different way of looking at things. You know, you really got to make some TikToks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Just that 15 second little snippet. They love it. Yeah, like, like you could only talk for 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, could I talk also a bit about Leanne's work? Because yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. 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 challenge because she'd actually she's actually a sound artist and oh, um, she'd made this sound piece. Um, and uh, but it relied on uh, she made she had some beautiful speakers that are a bit like holding two seashells up to your ears. Um, yes. She had this she'd made this wonderful sculptural plinth that they go on because you know so often sound pieces there's no visual component or if it is it's it's audio equipment doesn't have a visual aesthetic appeal. But her thing was sculptural as well as 
having this, um, you know, performative kind of, you know, you, you experience mm. it. But she couldn't make it work because you can't have you can't touch it. Everyone has to touch and if and hold up to their ears. So poor poor Leanne's sound piece has been put on the shelf for an, another day when we can touch things again. Um, what a shame. And she's actually gone on to um, make some collage um, as well. So it's quite interesting. We've ended up with half painting, half collage, um, which was quite different to the original proposal. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, you've had to work within the constraints, haven't you? Yeah. Going her, on. her work is actually really informed by humour. Um, she, she, she does a lot of um, performance sort of based and it's quite humorous. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see all of her collages together because they're a bit experimental. Um, she's gone out on a bit of a limb and um, oh, no. yeah. I would, I would like to know uh, outside of people who, who put a proposal together or organize an exhibition because they have a body of work and they want to show it. Like most of us don't work like that. We have we put a proposal together and they go, oh crap, they've said yes, I better go and do some work. And I'd love to know how many people actually end up with something that is exactly how they imagined that it was going to be. At the very start. few, Tim, very few. I, I wonder for galleries how interesting that or how difficult that might be sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you said you were going to do this. Yeah. And now you're, yeah. You know, yeah. you're telling your story through the medium of interpretive dance or whatever. Like, I, I just think it's really interesting that there is a, it is a, there's a slightly chaotic element, which is that you don't never quite know where the process is going to take you. Well, that's which is the whole point of it, I think, isn't yeah. it? That's the whole point of the arts industry, the art world is it's a very unregulated, free, yeah. fly by the seat of your pants thing. And I think if you've got a good gallery, um, they would go with that. I think anyone that's going to put those yeah. knows what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've got to be professional and hand it in on time and all that nonsense. But I think if they, you said, I want to get naked in the middle of the room, they'd go, great. <laughs> you didn't say that, Tim. I'm not saying you said that. Naked TikToks. Yeah, yeah. Naked. I can actually see the space we're in from the cafe, so that might not be a great thing. No, no, no. I didn't mean that. Um, well, it sounds wonderful. It Thank does. you so Very much exciting. for talking to us. And um, good luck. Great luck for the show. And we will come and visit. It's the snot balls here. We couldn't come down last week. Well, but it, you know, it's actually interesting, isn't it? How you used to go soldier on. Yeah, we'll yeah. be right. And it's just, you know, it wasn't COVID. It was a, it was a, a horrible, snotty head cold and yuckiness. Yeah. yeah, normally you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I'll just go out. Anyway, and now you're like, I can't. I can't. Terrible. Can't teach. You can't do anything. Thank you so, so much. So great to meet you guys. Yeah, and Thank good you. luck. And yes, good luck. Keep making. Please don't forget to rate and review and share this podcast. It helps my mum and her friend Fiona get more listeners. Thank you.